This is episode number one of the Open Door Community Church podcast. I'm putting that in quotes, but it, you know, I, I feel like maybe half of our congregation doesn't know what a podcast is. It? No, I don't think <laughs> <Anyway>. they know. <laughs> so um, I'm Joe Brookhouse. Most of you already know who I am, because if you're listening to this, you go to church with me. And, uh, and we've got Pastor Brian here. Good evening, sir. Hey, how are you? Me? I always you? ask that. Yeah, I know. And that's like one of my least favorite questions. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So um, I'm so, so glad you're joining. I'm so I'm excited to have be here with you tonight, actually. I've been wanting you, to do this for a while. See, I uh, just this is the opening banter for those of you who are not aware what a podcast is, but I was not convinced this is something that you wanted to do. So uh, I what? No, no, I wasn't sure. Uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, uh, does, is this something he wants to do or are they just kind of treading lightly around me because I have a lot on my plate? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know. And uh, we got you a new microphone to do this so that nice we, and sh- it is, and it's the same yeah, as mine. Gorgeous mic. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so this, for po- folks who are listening, the, the, the intention of this is to be hopefully a weekly podcast. And it's really to um, spend a little more time talking about what our sermon was on the previous Sunday. Um, maybe to explore some uh, in, in greater detail, some of the, the nuance of what the message was, um, what our spouses told us about the message that we needed to share with each other. Um, things that we wish we had said at the time, things that we'd like to take back or clarify uh, and really um provide some additional context to the word mm-hmm. uh, from, from that previous message. And people who are used to me know that I am a rambler. I like to talk. I like to kind of explore things. And, um, and Brian is direct and here's what's going on. And between the two of us, I think we end up at a place that hopefully provides um, uh, some some greater understanding yeah. uh, of of the scripture that we explore during the sermon. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things I'm really excited about with this. One is, you know, I, I've told the congregation so many times, if you have questions, talk to me. And they never do. They never do. And so I'm hoping just maybe we can answer some of the questions that they don't want to ask, you know, and or maybe they'll submit them, which would be fantastic. But the other thing that I really love about talking with you is you – you help clarify what I meant. And I love that. You'll ask me now, you'll ask me a question. I'll go, yeah, this is what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) And so that that's also part of what I'm excited about. Well, I've, I've done just enough sermons myself to know that when I finish the sermon, I go, "Ah, I kind of wish I would have framed it this way. As I reflect on it, I probably could have said that a different way. Mm -hmm. And there's no mulligan. Really, I mean, unless you wait two years and do the same sermon again, which is fair, uh, yeah. because who knows who was there on that given day, and and who knows who was actually paying attention that given day. Oh, they aren't. <laughs> I, you know what? I think uh, our are. congregation. There's a lot of people who are paying attention. There's yeah. a couple people who aren't. I think that it's imp- for me, is I think about what our church is, and uh, first of all, the our church is so much more in 2020 than it ever has been because yeah. of what the pandemic has foisted on us. Yeah. And um, I can tell you growing up Catholic, 
the sermon was usually about 10 to 15 minutes long. I mean, it was there, it was done. I could zone out and not miss a thing because it was, you know, there was so much uh, routine in that, but our, our service is really two big things. We have worship and we have the message and the fact that people keep showing up, they're only getting two things, right? And uh, that I think a lot of people are listening and, uh, but I agree the opportunity. I love to talk about this stuff ever since I was uh, in high school and I was studying religion and knowing that we could spend time digging into the gray Mm -hmm. that's in there versus just the black and white. I mean, that, Mm -hmm. that to me is the biggest benefit uh, of this time. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of our intro uh, for episode one, where we're not going to revisit this in terms of what the purpose of it is, but we wanted to share that to set the stage mm-hmm. for folks. And what I'd like to do now if, is maybe just if you could take two or three minutes and give us a little bullet point. I know this is you're not good at this, but uh, just oh, what I was can the, be, but I'm a but I'm a sermon, but I'm a, I'm a pastor, right? You want to ask me to 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 tell to suggest this shrink a sermon down to two minutes. Okay. okay. Well here, here, here it is in a simple bullet point. Uh, Christmas brings joy. What is joy? That's the first of the two questions. Joy, joy is a, it's an intense emotion that's similar to happiness. It's reaction to a circumstance, a really, really good circumstance. And, and why then because of that is, does Christmas bring joy? Well, because because it changed our circumstances. It changed, you know, uh, that we have peace now. We have, we have a hope of, of, of a world and no suffering. All the, all the things that, that you know, we have a new relationship with God. These are, these are conditions. These are events. These are things that have, are affecting us right now. And because of that, um, we can react to those if, they, if we realize how good they are with joy. That's it in a super condensed, I, you know, there's so many more pieces to my sermon than that, but that's it in a super nutshell. So for, for people who may be tuning into this, who did not uh, attend the service or watch the service online, it's available on the Facebook page. Uh, you can also find it uh, on YouTube. Yes. And um, at some point we will be so refined as to be able to provide links for you in the moment. That's not today. So um let your Google do the walk and and uh, and find the sermon and and watch that and then come back to this. We might be able to put those in the comments when we when this when this comes out. Well, we should acknowledge that behind the scenes we have Jesse, who is we're going to call the producer of the podcast. She's the producer. She's the producer of the podcast. Uh, she makes sure we show up on time and she handles a lot of the nitty gritty that neither one of us is particularly good at. <laughs> no, right? I'm, I'm horrible at details. <laughs> so the topic of joy. So, um, joy. So, uh, one of the things that I do when you do your sermon is I create bullet points for myself about things yep. that I want to chat about. And one of the things that I that still sticks with me from Sunday is it's one thing to to have a general awareness that here is what uh, my eternal future looks like. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to somehow make that tangible to make that something that I truly connect with. One of the things I mentioned on Sunday was music is one of the ways that I connect with Mm -hmm. that, that there are Mm -hmm. certain um, elements of that. And I wondered if like for you, if there are, how do you 
connect in a tangible way to that joy. Do you have any, is there something that you do? You know, I think, boy, you know, I, I'm not sure how I'm, if I'm going to be able to answer that directly, but I mean, the, the first thing that I thought about that with that was, I want to acknowledge that, that joy is a struggle. It's a struggle for me. And, and I didn't want, and I do not want anyone to come away from any of my joy sermons. And you know, I've done quite a few thinking that there's this burden that I have to be joyful now because the Bible says it and there are commands to do so. And, and it's not something in certain sense, it's not, it's not something you can just create which that definition helped me crystallize because it's a reaction to a circumstance, to you seeing that you have this really good circumstance. All emotions are. Every single emotion is that. So if that's the case, then the solution to your question would have to be is somehow appreciating, grasping just how good the circumstances are that you have. But I think, as I also talked about in the sermon, that takes defiance, defying the, the world's uh, pushing you to, to, to seek joy in other places, anything other than those things. So I think it's bled away by me focusing on something else and not focusing on, 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 on what God's given me. It's a little bit like the wind in the waves, you know, where Peter gets out on the boat, yeah. you know. And it's so easy to focus on all of that stuff and just keep your eyes on that. I think some of it's learning it. It's an act of faith, though. I don't know if I have. Did I answer your question? I mean, it's not. Yeah. Well, no, but I know what triggered something for me is that there's a almost a sense of relishing. Um, if you've ever ordered, we, you, you brought up steak on Sunday, right? Order having yeah. a really good steak dinner. And that's something you and I can agree on that if you have a, a, a well-cooked steak, Oh, there are man. very few things that are as wonderful as that. And I have done a series of diets over my, my life. You know, usually it's like counting calories. And when you know that you have um, a limited amount of something, that you take a little more time to enjoy it. You don't allow yourself to be distracted. Like if I know I'm only going to get two slices of pizza, you're going to enjoy those two slices. eat those as slowly as I can and enjoy them. And I'm not going to be distracted by anything else. Yeah. Whereas if I know I have unlimited pizza, this is a strange analogy. So follow me on this. I'm, I may not pay attention. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm going to be focused on so many other things that I never truly appreciate what I have in front of me. So if it's a, a beautiful steak and I've got a salad and I've got baked potatoes and I've got my blooming onion uh, then I'm going to, I'll be doing all of this and I may not appreciate that one wonderful bite of steak that's in front of me because of all these other things yeah. that are pulling my attention away from it. So that I'm, that I, I felt that a little bit from what you said there, that we, there's so yeah. many things in this world that are that sugar joy, that temporal that are there and they disappear. Right that, you know, it's the cotton candy, put it in your mouth, it disappears and you go, did I have anything? It's gone. Um, so I think that's helpful basically is that you're constantly fighting some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, I had two thoughts to come with that. Yeah. It's again, you press into this. How do you, how do you 
how do you appreciate anything? Anything <laughs> yeah. that you have, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to really pay attention yeah. to it, right? And it's so yeah. easy to just take things for granted. So you look at it and you can think about it and you, you understand it better and all of those things. But there was another piece that I didn't bring up in this one, but I have in another sermon on it. And um, it, there's a deep, deep connection, strong connection between joy and thank and thankfulness, gratitude, mm -hmm. huge. Um, and that's, I can, I can make a biblical argument for it, but what's, what's also fun is you can find that in this, in this, uh, psychological literature as well. Um, there, th this is not a debate within the psychological community that generally grateful people are happier people. Yeah. And so <laughs> imagine that, that if you're, if you're grateful, you're happy. Right. And <laughs> so there's, there's something about a, a cultivating the, even the little joys that God's given you and you just being thankful for it. And, and thankfulness is a, is a habit. So. Yeah. And I suppose in this, going back to our, the gratitude sermon from weeks ago, bitterness or something that that's a habit too. If you wake up and you are, you're frame, you're framing the world in a way that, you know, Eeyore, what's going to go wrong today that yeah. it's a, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a question though, because you know, we've, been together at Open Door for you've been there eight years and I've been there almost eight years, and the, there's when you speak about joy, there's a little tension that's related to how other people maybe seem to interpret joy or define joy, oh. and um, and that's not something that's been my experience. So I, I wondered if that was something you could expand on. Oh, okay. Um... You know, one of the things that, that sometimes as a pastor is I'm talking to, to a ghost or I'm talking to a, to a person who's not even in the room, you know? Yeah. Um, for some, especially new pastors, they're talking to their professors. They're not talking to their co congregation people. And so, wow. so yeah. if that makes any sense, you know, yeah. one of the things you really have to figure out is who you're talking to and make sure that you're saying it to them. And some of the things that I would say, if I knew that my messages were only going to the people in my congregation, nobody outside of it, people who've heard my sermons, the sermons, I'd probably say it a little different, but right now we're having so many new people listen to stuff that I kind of need to back up. Yeah. Um, there is definitely a, a, uh, a trend or maybe a way of thinking in much of the Christian culture, conservative culture, Christian culture, at least that, that strongly states that joy is not based on circumstances. Um, and that's what I'm relating to. Now there may be, you know, maybe you're thinking about some history things here in the church, but that's primarily what I'm thinking about. So what I can talk um, more about the history of it in the Christian culture. Well, no, I, I wasn't sure to what specifically you might be referring to, whether it was history in our congregation or something in your experience, because there's definitely things where, you know, I grew up going to Catholic church. I didn't really for a long time understand that, even though I went to like, I would go to like a Baptist, um, uh, summer Bible school thing. And then when my dad found out we were going to that, he pulled us out. 
because like, no, no, that's not Catholic. That's and therefore, right. And, uh, and so I always felt a separation. And mm-hmm. then is, uh, as I experienced, yeah, I felt a, cer- a certain, like, is it okay for me to go to this church? Is it okay for me to experience this and expanding my, uh, experience, understanding right. my doctrinal stance on a lot of things. Um, and so when I think about joy, um, it, uh, I don't know that I've ever put a specific definition around it. I do know that there's a sense of Christianity. If you're following Christ, you're very serious. Right. You know, it, it, you yes. should be functioning in this. And almost like joy is really more of a definition rather than an emotion. Right. That, yeah. It's not an emotion. That, right. And that, that bothers me because I'm a very emotional person. Right. And, and I can speak to that issue is, you know, first of all, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I did grow, but in college I was involved in a pretty conservative ministry and it's a fine ministry, but, but it, it communicated and it's a part of a larger, you know, a, segment a larger segment in the christian community that that really says emotions aren't either important or you need to downplay them that faith is what matters not emotions you know and and i really strongly disagree with that i think and we even have a pastor that talks about that has a book on it that that for us to grow up in our faith to really be fully mature christians it means to be fully emotionally mature and that involves all of who we are that we respond with in anger correctly that we sadness correctly joy with it, all of it because we were built with created with emotions and so that's a big piece in my journey that i'm trying to to, to work through and if i was ever to do a doctrinal statement it would it would be on this kind of a topic is that yeah. is that answering a little bit what you're yeah. thinking well, it certainly opens the door to a lot of other conversations <laughs> that I'm just going to dip my toe in and then get right back out again. Okay. Is that uh, the idea that, um, that, that who we are created in the image of God is intentional. Now, sin may come in and sour that in some right. instances, right? Right. Uh, but the fact that we feel happiness and sadness, that we, that we feel drawn to uh, uh, individuals that you know, all those elements all those are emotions. intended for good and have been mm-hmm. twisted in some way right. and that to reject that in some way to say you shouldn't feel that way right boy that opens up this whole pandora's box of why do you feel that way it, mm-hmm. it invalidates the way that people feel and, right. it, and in some ways invalidates the way that god created us you know and like i said if i was ever to do a doctrinal statement it, it would be doctrinal program it would be on this because it's like thinking through how do you mature emotionally you know and asking questions like well why am i reacting with anger in this case why am i feeling grief here why am i because i'm reacting to something and my reactions to these things i know should be different why is it and it opens up all kinds of questions yeah that are really kind of ugly and you know i think you know you go back a 50 100 years and a lot of the people especially the men 
you don't deal with emotions. You go back 40 years. <laughs> okay. I was trying to be generous, but yes, you're right. My dad's generation. No. You know, my dad was uh, very, a very sensitive, emotional person. I mean, he growing up Irish again, you know, very emotional people, but also suppress that kind of stuff. You suppress it. Um, and then when it comes out, it comes out explosively. Right. Um, and it comes out at the wrong time. So, I mean, that, so, obviously that's a completely separate topic, but, right. um, but joy it relates, is emotional. Right. Cause joy is emotional, you know? Yeah. And again, listen to the sermon. I could, I could put some verses in there, but if you just look at how the Bible uses it, how Jesus uses it, it's, this is how it, it is clearly an emotional word. It's synonyms with things like happy and mirth and delighted. And uh, it's the kinds of things you feel at a wedding and, a, and it's the opposite of what you feel in a funeral. I mean, these are obviously emotional circumstances that it's being used. And so that's why I get rather frustrated at good Bible teachers who are just ignoring the text. I just, why are you doing this? <laughs> Because it, it, you're, you're robbing, you're robbing um, um, your people of this incredible, significant thing that God's giving them by telling them they're not supposed to be happy. There's this whole thing. I'm sorry, I'm ranting here. There's this whole thing, and I, I've heard, I've still heard it from some ch our current church members. Things like, "Well, God wants you to be holy, not happy." D do you hear yourself? God doesn't want you to be happy. What you want him? He wants you to be miserable. It, what? Of course, he wants you to be holy. But why is there a dichotomy between the two? Right. You, um, okay, I'm going to talk cartoons for a second. Yeah, sure. I love <laughs> cartoons. So, uh, um, uh, is it Inside Out? Is that the one uh, mm -hmm. about the inside the brain and that kind right. of stuff? And one of the key pieces to that, especially people who study brain science, is that as your brain develops, uh, as you're a child you experience emotions in, in a very pure and compartmentalized way. I feel sad. I feel happy. Yes. I feel angry. And as you mature, as your brain matures, they blend together. Right. You know, I'm emotional I'm, maturity. Right. And uh, so there's something that we are intended to be sad or to grieve when people die and also to rejoice knowing that somebody who loves Christ is now oh. with Christ. Right. And there's different ratios in each of those emotions. Certainly. And to say you can't be holy and happy at the same time suggests a compartmentalized um, uh, depiction would, of I, faith, maybe. I, I, let me see if I could tweak that a little bit. Sure. Okay. I, I, I don't disagree with, and I do, and, and fully do agree with, we need to build two different emotions. In fact, that was one of the conversations we've had with someone who was in this church was saying that how can I be ha happy at a funeral? It's like, well, you can feel two emotions. Yeah. You know, that, that that's called emotional maturity. There are words for that called bittersweet, right? I mean, this is what it is. Okay. So I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, but the issue with, I'm not sure that that's necessarily what the, the thing is with holy and happy. The thing is holy, first of all, just means, dedicated to God, but I think right. what they really mean is godly, right? Or, or not sinful. And that gets to an issue of, of thinking that if you're, if you're obeying God, then you're, it, what they're saying is if you're obeying God, you're not enjoying it. <laughs> right. 
You see what I'm saying? That there's no joy. There's no, hey, yeah, delight in, in, in doing God's will. And there are clear scriptures that says, I delight, Jesus saying, I delight to do your will. Excuse, you know, that's what I'm saying. Your, your, you know, your, your words are sweeter than honey. I mean, like, so we should, God's commands are, are, are for your good. They, they're, they're, they're to bless you. And so if you do them, you should be happy. That's, I think that's challenging as I think about it. Cause that's like somebody saying that you should enjoy asparagus cause it's good for you. Um, uh, and yep. do you like asparagus? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, we're both parents. Which yeah. would you rather have? Our, your child picking up his room and doing it grumpily or right. picking up his, his room because he he's, he's enjoying doing what you ask? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it may not be intuitive to us because it's usually dragging your feet, stomping. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm annoyed. Yep. Um, and... I guess in many ways to, to, um, to not be happy would suggest that you're a teenager when it comes to your faith. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not calling anybody you a know, teenager. The other but... analogy with it, cause I've thought so much about this. It's like, it's like we we're out in the, in, in, in the backyard playing with mud pies, dirty and, and, and mom comes in or dad comes out and says, you need to stop doing that and come inside and we're throwing a tantrum and no, I don't want to do it. When they're, what they're trying to do is to get you to come in because it's your birthday and there are gifts and there's cake. So obey me. And when you obey me, says God, I got really good stuff for you, but we're happy. We, we want to be happy playing with mud. Right. And, and Lord knows that we do. And we do. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no, I really appreciate that because I think you know trying to connect with the idea that I'm doing what I'm told because there's joy in the result of that. No. Yeah. Um, but also, it's not just I'm going to take it because uh, I used to love playing in the mud. Growing up in Wyoming, we'd set fires in the the brush. Don't kids do not set <laughs> fires in the brush behind your house? But I did that all the time. And we'd come in and get the shower, you know, but the joy is not in the, specifically the just get clean kiddo. And it's also recognizing that there's something beyond that, that is greater than yeah. just obeying. Yeah. You, it's, you can get joy out of obeying, uh, but there's this remarkable joy that's, that's out there beyond that, that maybe you don't understand. Because you see that in obeying God, that's a good thing for you that it's you're doing something good by obeying that's the issue i wonder if it's a little like i don't want to exercise today and then yet after you finish there's that sense of satisfaction yeah, you're, I, you're, I would imagine yeah you're in the midst of it going i'm glad i did this this is hard and then wow i'm really glad that i chose to do that because it's good Makes for me sense. um I know there's so many different things to explore, yeah. but joy can be, I think about joy in a very, is a very simple thing. And yet it's just clearly not, there's just a lot to it, especially deep everlasting joy um, behind that. And I wanted to say, I know we probably need to wrap it up is 
I, I get what the teachers, Bible teachers are trying to say that we shouldn't put joy, put our happiness or joy on, on all these, all the, all these other circumstances, but that the joy that God gives us is eternal. Yes. And that's because those circumstances never change. They, they, they never, those, those benefits don't go away. They're not, they're not sugar. And we talked about that a little bit, the whole, you know, it's sugar and steak at the same time. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's all. So before we wrap up, because uh, I think we're trying to, trying to keep this into a manageable amount of time, you said something that I did not know. And we don't need to explore it right now, but I just want to acknowledge it. I didn't know that you grew up in a household that wasn't Christian. I hadn't, I, I didn't, oh. I wasn't aware of that. And, uh, and, and I don't know how important that is to me, actually, it's really important. Hmm. Um, I grew up in a household that was f- followed rules, uh, but didn't necessarily, um, present, uh, it wasn't like, wow, my dad is really loves Jesus. My mom really loves Jesus. It was, we're going to church cause that's what we do. Cause we're Catholic. Ah, right. Um, and so I discovered my faith partially through intellectualism and then escaping intellectualism. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, I think at some point you and I should have a conversation, uh, on an episode that's not sermon based necessarily to just talk about what was faith growing up in your, what, what, what faith was or was not growing up in your household. Okay, sure. That'd be I'd interesting. Really, I would, I would enjoy that. And, um, hopefully people do too. Um, at this point, though, we're going to wrap up episode one, and this has been a lot of fun, and I know that I could keep talking all night, Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that there's all these little branches that I could see going. Uh, I hope people have enjoyed listening. Uh, we would definitely like your feedback. Um, there are a few different ways you can reach out to us. Um, I believe this is a real email address, office at opendoorcommunity.cc. I put that here, so it must be a real email address um, there. Um, so office at opendoorcommunity.cc. You can send us an email there. You can go to our Facebook page, search for Open Door Community Church. Make sure you're looking for the one in Aurora, Oregon, and uh, leave us a note there. Um, also, if you are in need of a, a prayer request, if you're struggling with something right now, uh, we would love to pray for you. Yep. It would bring us joy. Mm-hmm. I mean that, to pray for you. Um, we are so glad you're part of our community in whatever form that is. Um, so it's uh, www.opendoorcommunity.cc slash prayers. And um, we, we just would love to pray for you uh, and uh, learn more about who you are and tell us what you thought again of, uh, tell us what you thought of our conversation, what you'd like us to talk more about. Again, episode one, if we're going to do this every week, this time next year, we'll be doing number 53. Things may change between now and then. Uh, so, yeah, well, well this hair, it's going to go. This hair? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a jerk. <laughs> Thanks, all right. Joe. Thank you, Brian. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week, uh, which is the week before Christmas. God bless. God bless.